Anyway, it's my second Bible study. You didn't notice Pastor Jimmy uh, is not feeling well today, so he had me call me later on today to come do this. And now he had something I taught this morning. This is something different. And uh, so I really want to have a um, great time. We're going to talk about salt and light tonight. But I'm going to call it, I'm going to pack it into one word, influence. Influence. We had such a wonderful word from uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Manfield last week, wasn't it? Wasn't that amazing? You heard amazing things about Abilene, amazing things about what God wants to do here in Abilene. God created Abilene to be touched. And what I want to really piggyback off that is basically how important it is that we're agents of change and that we are disciples. There's a scripture I'm going to share with you, but I'm going to share a quote with you. Because what's going on in the world scene, I want you to put your, um, some new glasses on. This is a quote I wrote. It says this. We must change our perspective before we can change our condition. Our attitude toward the world. What's going on in the world scene right now with the finances and all these things going, all the bickering going on, how do you view that? Do you view it as the world's going to hell in a handbasket, or this is my greatest opportunity to infect change because I have a voice. I was driving around Abilene today, and I was wondering, I said, what would Abilene, Texas look like without any churches in it? What would uh, 221 Oak Street or downtown Oak Street look like if Grace Point Church wasn't here? or out in Southside and Beltway wasn't there, or there was no churches here in Abilene, what would the world look like? Well, we already see what it looks like when people don't follow Christ. Now, if there was no churches, wow. Think about it. What would your job look like if you weren't working there? The school you go to, what it would it be like if you weren't attending? See, believers, as believers, we're very, very important here on the earth. God put us here for a purpose. If we're not here, things would look a whole lot worse right now. What would the school system look like if there wasn't Christian young men and women going? Remember Abraham? When they were, they were going to go dis- destroy Simon Gomorrah, and he started praying. If you find five righteous people, you find ten righteous people, 40 righteous people, he said, I won't destroy it if I find it. Think about it. What would, the wor- what would the life be without Christ on the earth? Or his representatives? See, they call Christ as the head of the church. And we are his, his hands, and his, we, call his, we are his body. But what would it look like if the body of Christ didn't exist here on the earth? Different perspective, isn't it? You know how important you are? I'm going to share this to you. Because when I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I read this a hundred times. Our attitude toward the world should be different. Because... Christ has given us such an assignment. In fact, we ought to be honored that he trusts us to carry it out. 
<laughs> Even when you think you're not making a difference, you're making a heck of a difference. I mean, work in a place that they, no one listens to you if you talk about Jesus, but when they curse around you, they sorry. Well, we better go over here and talk because he might. What causes that? Influence. You haven't opened your mouth yet. Let's go to Matthew 5. 13 through 16. Says this. Listen to this. You are the salt. Think about it. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, how shall it be saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the people's feet. You are, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it on a basket, but on a stand it gives light to all in the house. Everyone say in the house. Imagine if there was no light in your house. How dark would it be? Imagine if there was no light of Christians in Abilene. How dark would it be? He's talking. To, I got to finish up. I'm going to keep going. Um, <laughs> in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who's in heaven. Imagine us not here. How dark would it be? These guys didn't take one Bible class and they were being appointed to be changes of the world. They were in a place in Jerusalem with all the, all, the, all the religious folks who discarded people, not welcome people. And Jesus comes on the scene and you know, a lot of learning is de-learning. They had to de-learn some traditions to relearn what Christ was talking about. He says, you, are, you haven't even read a book yet. If you gave Jesus, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you accepted him yesterday, all of a sudden you got a new title because we're talking about identity this, this month. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And then your perspective's got to be like this. Man, thank you for trusting me because Jesus can use a donkey. We saw that. We, God can use a donkey. We see that in scripture. But he chose to use us. To bring influence to the world, to Abilene, Texas. What an honor. Now, I'm, I'm, humility, because I can't do it without him. And we're going to talk about that. But think about that. How would it be if you weren't there? If we weren't here? It wouldn't be a government. Our founding fathers believed in God. It wouldn't be anything. It'd be anarchy. Anarchy. Sorry. Think about it. God strategically placed you in places to be light, salt, and be light. He was telling these guys, you already have the influence. A lot of us run around, more of God, more of God. You already got it. Well, I usually, I reverse that. Less of me, more of him. Think about it. How fantastic it is to walk and, and be called those who will bring change what is darkness you're going to bring light <laughs> where the nation is just going and your city is just going beside itself you're going to make it you're going to make people so thirsty for God 
because of your life. What an honor. What a responsibility. Have you, have you ever looked at it that way? Or just another scripture? When he says you are, he's talking to us. When we read the Bible, he says you are, Richard. You are. Not them. You have a point. Hey, when are you going to fix this? And uh, you got three more pointing back at you? Because it's one thing to pray for change, but it's another thing to be the change. And what a change. We're waiting for the Calvary. We're it. <laughs> There's nothing else. There's no other plan. God didn't make any other plan. So he sent Christ. Christ sends us to bring change. What an opportunity to make history. Things are shaking around us very quickly. A lot of shaking going on, isn't it? It's amazing when you look at the book of Hebrews, it says, I'm giving you a kingdom that's unshakable, but I'm going to shake everything (laughs) that can be shaken. It is for our benefit that those things get shaken because people's 401k, I got 401k, but mine is blessed by God, so it's untouched. All those things that they used to lean their, their houses on, their, their, put their support on, is crumbling. Things used to be concrete, now it's becoming marshmallow. The only thing that is standing strong and standing solid is the kingdom of God. Amen. And the kingdom of God is not down the street, it's not over here, it's in us. Right. Think about it. Right. What an opportunity to bring change. And you're already doing it. You know the people you hate the most in your workplace? They keep bugging you. Why do you think they keep bugging you? Because salt and light. Light attracts. Light, yeah, but in West Texas about this time, turn on a bright light on your porch and sit outside. What does it attract? Bugs. So you are a bright light bulb, you're going to got a lot of bugs coming at your way. <laughs> And those bugs, you, like, you want to swat them down. You want to be like the sons of thunder in Luke 9, 54. When they walked into Samaria, and then they, those were half-Jews, and they said, Jesus, did I listen to you? Can we call down fire from heaven and consume them? And now we have days like that, don't we? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. It is by design they're attracted to you. So I can work through you to touch them. And even when it looks like nothing's going on, guys, you forgot. I got two um, Afghan pines. I'm waiting to grow up so my house will stop getting hit by lightning. (laughs) But I know one thing. They grow to be 60 feet. But I know one thing. They have to go down to come up. So a lot of you got, you're dealing with people, seem like nothing's changing, but there's stuff happening underneath the ground you don't understand. <laughs> That's about to come up and explode on you. Give it some time, but don't stop being the influence because you already got it. And you shine brighter when you start, when you really walk close with God, not just on Wednesday and Sunday. Now I'm going to get to my notes, I think. <laughs> Salt is a preservative. Think about it. And a flavor enhancer. Now, you know you can take some bad meat and put some salt on it. It's going to taste good. 
And some of us do walk around with our little hot sauce in our pockets when you go to people's houses just to make it taste better. But salt preserves. We can preserve things. Think about our, our city guys, our, um, our city our councilmen and our, um, excuse me, the, uh, you know, tele-county tele- commissioner. They come over and look at our place all the time. They said this, we're so happy that you guys are here. And thank you for keeping your building up because you make the neighborhood so much brighter. Think about that. Because light, salt, preserves neighborhoods. Give us the property across the street, I bet you we'll preserve it and change it. When we expand things, change. Wherever the kingdom of God goes, the economy changes. Things start to change. We want to get rid... How many of us want to rid evil out of the world right now? Okay. You want to know the plan on how to do that? So does God. One person at a time. Those who are not walking with God are walking with the devil. So God wants to come over and share the gospel with them. And I'll talk, give you some tips. And then when one goes to Christ, the kingdom starts to get bigger. And you're, we're robbing hell to increase heaven. That's cool. Because even the Bible says they turn from the power of Satan, of the devil, to the power of light of God. That's cool stuff. That's good stuff. And most of the time when, you, when, you, when it happens, you're like Johnny Bench watching it. Because God has a sense of humor. He won't, you know, you try to think you're good, he, he just did it a whole different way. But think about it. Okay. Now what happens with influence, it talks about when the salt is no good. We lose our influence, guys, if we do not engage our community, our co-workers. We make no effort to around the world around us. That's what those guys were doing. In John chapter 4, when Jesus went back into Samaria and he talked well, to the women at the well, what the disciples were doing, they're going to keep on going to go get them some food. They can care less about those folks because they're all gone. And Jesus said, I have to stop here. He had to engage his community. And you can engage your community in such a powerful way now because we're like the number one nation in loneliness right now. Everyone's lonely. You might blow someone's mind when you come up and say, hey, can you come over to my house and get something to eat? And you always hear this. No one's ever done that for me before because we're all closed up. Remember when we grew up? Porches and backyards and sidewalks. And your mom kicked you out of the house. Get out of the house. You're in the house too long. And everybody had the influence to give you a spanking in your neighborhood. Everybody had to walk three blocks from the bus stop. If I was, missed that bus, Mrs. Pettis was telling, tell, call my mother that I missed that bus. He should have been on the 330 bus. He went on the 330 bus. I thought I got home. I sneak in the house, and I'm okay. And mom comes home. How's it going? Okay. You sure? Yeah, fine. We'll talk later. 
you missed the 330 bus. Now, you would have got away. She always said that. You would have got away if you told the truth. No, you wouldn't. You're going to get spanking anyway, you know. <laughs> Think about it. But everyone had the influence to wear you out because it was community. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking about influence, you, where you spend most of your time. We're here an hour and a half, maybe three hours on a Wednesday and a Sunday. But we spend most of our time in our workplace, schools, campuses, everything. And you're on mission when you go. You always suddenly, I keep, I keep going back to this place. Why I keep going? I'm, I've noticed this. If you haven't noticed, I hurt my finger. It's healing back up. I, and the doctors told me the other day, I'm done. Can't do anything. Um, and I said, oh, I guess I got to have God do it. That was a dumb move. But anyway, he's going to heal it. And uh, I had to go 25 times to the, to the, uh, the um, physical therapist. Well, I got a call today. We just, someone put in a referral, they want you to come back to get your finger. I said, who put that in? Because I'm, I'm told I'm done. And then the Lord spoke to me about that when I was going there. And they were asking me questions about Jesus Christ and the church, the type of church we go to. And he said, because you have unfinished business there. Not because, the, you know, on the finger, I just told him the other day, I said, you know, it can be bent all at once. I just want to put my ring back. I preached about that, and now I can't wear my ring. And it's five hundred dollars expanded, but I got to do something, you know. And he talked. He says, "You're not done yet." That's why they called you. They initiated the call. I didn't do anything. I'm done. I'm still. I'm gonna go play basketball in a little bit, but now nah, I can't. But think about it. Everywhere you go, it's a God ordained move because you're the salt and the light. Our nation, it will. Cha- our city will change. And our nation will change when we know who we are. Know that we're light and we make a difference. We light up the place with God's light that's in us. And with salt, our lives, when they see your marriage, people see your marriages in the workplace, they're going to say, they might laugh in the beginning. Let them laugh. But I've noticed this. When everyone's gone, everyone's trying to be part of the flow, they come to you. Um, I'm having such a tough time with marriage. Hope no one sees me. Tell me about um, your marriage. How are you and your wife? Why? This is a question I used to get. How come after 24 years, you guys still like to eat lunch together? Do you know that is like, do you know that's, they said that's foreign. You're not supposed to like your wife after 24 years. You're supposed to just survive. That's what they said. See how easy it is? They ask a question, you give them an answer. It's not working for them. Whatever is working, it's not working for them, but it's working for you. But you think you're not doing anything. Oh, my gosh. Those who stick are doing a lot. Think about it. Our lives shine. Our lives make people thirsty, but it has to be in close proximity. And here's easy. You've got to go to work anyway. You're in close proximity. Not like you've got to come home, go to work, come home, and put on the discipleship cape. I'm disciple man. No, you're doing it as you, the Bible says in, Rome, in Matthew 28. It says, as you go, be the light. As you go, be the salt. Because your, our values are a whole lot different. And know what the fight is? The overall fight now in the world is for the truth. We got so far out there, everything's relative. 
Now they're all out of control. And who has the truth? We do. Don't discount your mission. We need to be lights in our workplace and community. And here it is. It's not for us to be noticed. It's for God to be glorified. When they see us, whatever we're doing, they know you're different. It's okay to be, we talked about, it's okay what we call weird to be different because you're going to be a signature of God's grace and love here on the earth. The only Jesus they're going to see is us. See, we're going to influence one way or the other. I'm tired of the other influence of us picketing on the streets. So when someone pickets and says, I love Jesus, we all get blamed for it. Everyone knows what we're against, but no one knows what we're for. One way or the other, we give influence. How's that work out in your jobs? First one in, last one out. You hear me? Why don't be late? Someone's looking. I, I remember coming in the military when I was in the military. And I had those guys, those Bible thumping guys. Oh my gosh, they were late. They couldn't pass, They couldn't get no work done. And every time I asked, "Can you get you get some?" You're, you're persecuting me. Do you just do your job? <laughs> and, probably, and they had to hear. And they got to hear. Got hear all this music, weird music. And he said, "Oh, praise the Lord! He's not doing any work." And I'm not saying you can't play your music, but how we be, how we are going to see our good works and see us as we get into it. See how good works is by us doing that which we call to do in excellence and then helping someone else when they need it versus going away from it. Let your light shine so they can see your good works. And only good works only comes through those who are born again. There's so much you can do at your workplace or in your community that we call good works because it's Christ-centered. We walk away from it all the time because it's saying it's not my job. But if you're light, if you're salt and light, it is your job. It's our responsibility. What I'm trying to tell you guys, we'll have some good elections. We'll have some stuff happen. But the world's not going to change until we step up and do. We're the only ones called to bring order to this planet. Think about it. So the pillar of, is of truth comes out of the church. The only place that anybody's going to find truth is in the church. Reconciliation. How do you make all people walk together? And only the job was given. He said we have to receive the message and the ministry. That means we're going to do it. And the NAACP can't do it. We're called. They never got the assignment. We have the assignment. <laughs> See, we can't give it to them. They just met, they're going in circles. And I talk to them all the time. When they say, when Jesus gives us the mission, we carry it out. Because it's only supposed to happen through us. You ever thought about that? Again, if we weren't here, 
what would it be like? See, because when we talk about reconciliation and racism, it isn't a color problem. It's a sin problem. So when you wipe out sin, you wipe out that. See, we got so, we may socialize. No, it wasn't happening in the garden before Adam fell and all that came in. Because you won't find the word race in here. It's not in here. It says ethnos, ethnic groups. See, that's a, that's a social word. Am I over your head, sir? It's a sin problem. Everything that we're dealing with is sin. Is the root of it. We can't get mad at each other. It's sin. And who's called to remove the sin? Christ God, Christ Jesus, through his people. Man, what a compliment. What a, I tell you what. And God has a sense of humor. Y'all saying, that can't be me. He says, it's you. Because <laughs> I have a sense of humor, but you're special. You have a quirky personality. You, know, you can be the weirdest person, but you're effective. Because I created you that way. Don't have design denial. The part of part you, that's my Sunday message. <laughs> the part of part you a certain way, don't say you don't know what you're doing. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Designed with a destiny and a purpose. Don't disdain your, dis- your destination. Don't dis- disdain your design. He made you that way so you can penetrate culture. That's the only way you can do it. Like I shared with this, so this morning in Bible study, I said one of the richest places in the, in the, in the world is the graveyard because all the unfulfilled destiny died when that person died. And the only way they're going to discover their true destiny is when they get attached and they get connected to Christ and his people. Because when you find your people, you find your destiny. I'm preaching now. God, stop. Let's go to Colossians 1.27. This is Paul talking to the uh, Jews. And he is uh, talking about a secret. And I believe this secret is really hidden from a lot of us. Because I've been talking about it all night. Ready? Amen. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles, that's us, are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you look at different translations, it's Christ who lives in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of change wherever you are. That might be hidden from each and every one of us, but if you're a believer who God and Jesus Christ is in your life, he lives inside of you. When I said the Calvary, you're looking for the Calvary, the Calvary lives in you. The thing you hate the most is the one thing that God called you to change. Because only you see it. You ever notice that? No one else sees it. No one else sees it the way I see it. You ever say that? Yeah, you're not, they're not supposed to. They see what they see. But we don't just identify. We change it. We make changes. We ask God, 
how would you help me go about doing this? And I tell you what, it is such an honor to have a God that trusts us with the mission of making disciples. Because he can just do it from heaven just like that and snap and everyone change. But the way Jesus did it and the way we're going to have to do it, it's one person at a time in your workplace. Helping them. It's a story of one guy who changed the football team, Michael Singletary. And Coach, he probably had more facts than I do. He went to the Chicago Bears. And they were a team that was so gifted and talent and all that, but they were just a, a wreck. And he was the guy they said was too short to play, too short to even make it to the NFL, but he loved God. So wherever God trumped all those, those labels, so he got there, and everyone was out of control, and they couldn't win, but they had all the talent to do everything they could do. What he did, he showed up in the gym. He got there early, he worked out, and he stayed late, and he worked out. And he did it, and he did, and they watched him get bigger and stronger. He was the only one that was effective on the team. Everybody else was still in turmoil. Next thing you know, a couple months later, two other guys start showing up, coming in early, leaving late. Next thing you know, whole defense, coming early, leaving late. And he's helping them work. We're working out. Next thing you know, offense guys start showing up, coming early, leaving late. Because he knew there's a moment that you can talk to him, but he also, there's a, there's a, there's a thing that you got to recognize. He recognized when God gives him the authority or that, that leeway to speak to him, he says, speak to him through your actions. Let them see your good works. And when they all showed up, and the last one to come over was Mr. Mc, uh, Jim McMahon, the one he can throw like crazy, but they were out of control. And next thing you know, he became captain of the team. The smallest guy. Never was going to make it to the NFL. And you saw him in 1985 destroy every team. Then he had word to speak into their lives. Why? He showed up early. He left late. He, had, he knew he had a light in him, and he let it shine. And then he was able to speak. That's us, guys. Sometimes you can't speak right away the gospel to somebody, but we can show up and let our light shine. Our lives can be made so salty. I'm so thirsty for a real life and truth. What are you guys doing? And when they ask, because we're called to be witnesses, right? So when they ask the question, we give them an answer. But they're not going to show up to something that's not, that doesn't look successful. And see, we can't be affected by what's going on because God's doing things by design. So we can stick out. You know, when in the world, when everything is in prosperity, it's hard for people to, to hear the gospel. Now, tell me something good. Show me, not really now, show me something good. I love, I love Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. They want to see it. They want to hear it, and they want to see it. And God has designed it for us to shine in this moment. Think about it. If you've been worried about what's going on, <laughs> it's for our benefit. Because he already knows our foot's on the rock. 
We have the high ground. Now, it might be shaky, but my faith and my foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, for them, there is nothing. It might have been a 401k. It might have been this. It might have been that. And everything they're doing is like this. But for us, we just stand on the rock. And we let our good works, which are easy to shine now, very easy to shine. Very easy to shine. It's amazing. But I tell you what, think about it. If you weren't here, if we weren't here downtown, what would be happening? No churches would happening. What would Abilene be like? You're already making a difference. You just never noticed it. Because God put something in us that we didn't have to earn. It's a gift. <laughs> it's not fair, is it? But he says, use your gifts. Use that light. Use the salt. Preserve. I always tell Donna, every time we PCS to a new place, when we rotate into one place to another, our jobs, everyone I want to go to one shop, everyone had the great shops. And they said, oh, these two guys are coming in. Eh? We got to put them in a the nice place. They always put us in the worst place. <laughs> I said, that is not fair, guys. It's not supposed to be fair. They need help. So bring it to this place. And you'll notice when you're not there, things don't go right, do they? Do they? ACU. <laughs> don't go right, does it? And you'll know why. Why? Because you're there. That's why. You bring stability. If you're not there, it goes haywire. It, and they don't, mean not, they don't mean to call you so much, but what are they going to do? They see dependability. They see faithfulness. They see wisdom. They, they need it. They'll never say it, but God sh- puts it on you. <laughs> it's flattery. It, it might stink sometimes, but it's really God's trusting us. Because he wouldn't trust us, he wouldn't call us the salt. You are the salt statement. You are the light. Not that you're going to be, you are. If you're not there, if we're not here, oh my gosh, what would this building look like? Y'all starting to feel how valuable you are? You know, in Houston, nursing school, man, it's going to succeed because they're going to say, we brought people from Houston here to do great things. We never reached out that far. And look what's going on. And y'all are going to be the front runners for other people to come in. So we can do this thing. This thing will succeed here. See? Booker wasn't teaching math. Oh, my gosh. Y'all wouldn't give much support downtown. People can't count. No, I'm just kidding. Think of it. Still can't count. I, I can't either. Amen? I want to encourage you. When you read statements like that, he's talking to you. And what an honor to walk with the almighty God and that he trusts us. That's amazing. He trusts us. And how do we shine? We get with him. Get in his word. Get with other people. 
and you shine like you never shined before. And people will keep bugging you and keep bugging you and keep bugging you. Don't have the attitude of the brothers. Let's just blow them up and get them out of here. They're too far gone. I don't want to be bothered with them. Because I, I, I got mad one time and said, this guy ain't going to make it. And then God spoke to me and said, I waited 30 years for you. <laughs> what makes you so special? Thought you were on my side, God, but think about it. Can we pray?